0: hi i'm pastor nick very recently i was in a major large store which sells groceries and all kinds of other products i was in their large washroom washing my hands and i noticed a man who just finished at the urinal i was minding my own business i was i was minding my own business but i expected him to walk over to one of the other sinks to wash his hands with soap and water. What do you think he did? Well, he did not go to wash his hands. He walked behind me and past me and was on his way out of the washroom. I noticed he had a store uniform on, which told me that he worked there. What do you think I did? Well, I very quickly turned around from facing the sink, and I said, excuse me, my friend, but you have to wash your hands. What happened next? Stay with me, and you'll find out what happened. In a previous message, which I called Mercy, 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 We discovered that in Christianity, the original Greek word, ilios, translated mercy, really means showing compassion, love, kindness, and helping a person, even if the trouble a person is in, was his or her own fault. We also discovered in the previous message from Dr. William Barclay, that the Hebrew word for mercy, which is chesed, C-H-E-S-E-D-H in English, chesed means not only to sympathize with a person in the popular sense of the term. It does not mean simply to feel sorry for someone in trouble. Chesed, mercy, means having the ability, listen to this now, having the ability to get right inside other people until we can see things with their eyes, think things with their minds, and feel things with their feelings. Wow, that's really something, isn't it? We might say that mercy is love in action. It is, it is undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. Someone has said, mercy is not a feeling, it is not an emotion, it's something you and I choose to do. All right. Today, I wanna to talk about practical ways to show mercy. Practical ways, that's our theme, Practical ways to show mercy, whether we're adults, youth, or children. James chapter 3, verse 17 in our Holy Bible says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is Full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. What is the fruit of good deeds? What are some of the practical ways by which you and I can show and should show mercy? Let's talk about some of them. Number one, first of all, show mercy by getting the full story before you say or do something which could hurt someone. All right? Read that from the screen with me. Show mercy by getting the full story before you say or do something which could hurt someone. I had to struggle with this truth recently myself because uh, one of our children had invited us and the rest of the family to their home for a pizza dinner, pizza supper. They ordered three pizzas from a neighborhood pizza store and I offered to pick up the three pizzas. As I was leaving the local pizzeria, I noticed a sign in the window. You probably have seen these signs sometimes. All restaurants in Ontario have a government inspector inspect a restaurant to make sure that safe food handling practices are being followed, and that the facilities are clean. The government inspector then puts up a notice somewhere very visible in the restaurant, and the notice says this. It either says pass or conditional pass or closed. All right? That's what the sign says pass, conditional pass, closed. As I was leaving the pizza store, I noticed the sign which said conditional pass, which meant. The inspector found something wrong in that pizzeria. There was something he didn't approve of. I was now carrying three pizzas in my arms, and the signs that conditional pass, oh. I thought to myself that I needed to tell my kids and their spouses To no longer order pizzas from that store, even though their pizzas taste very good and are very reasonably priced. Would you have thought that as well? Probably, or perhaps. As I was driving to their home with the three pizzas, I was thinking about what I had been learning from the Bible about showing mercy. I I don't know, it just came to my mind. I was thinking about what I've been preaching on in terms of showing mercy. And I decided not to say anything to my family about the fact that the pizza store was only given a conditional pass. I didn't want to hurt their business unnecessarily. I felt that if I was going to say anything to my family, about no longer buying pizzas from that location, I should, show, I should show mercy by at least asking the restaurant owner or operator as to why the inspector gave the store only a conditional pass. That evening, 10 of us ate the three pizzas for supper, and I didn't say a word to my family, about the conditional pass. It was actually a little hard not to, but I managed not to say anything. A few days later, I stopped by the pizza store to talk with the owner-operator. I identified myself and also reminded him that my kids often ordered pizzas from him, and he acknowledged that he he knew our family a little bit, especially my, my son. I was simply asking him or i very uh, i very simply asked him why the inspector gave his restaurant a conditional pass instead of a full pass the gentleman kindly told me that unfortunately when the inspector came one of his sinks was broken and that he had to get it fixed Therefore, he was given a conditional pass on the condition that he would get the sink fixed very, very quickly. Well, his sink was now fixed, he told me, and the good news was everything was okay, even though the sign as yet had not been updated. I told him I was very happy with his explanation, and I thanked him. Now that I had the full story, I did not think it was at all necessary to suggest that my family no longer buy pizzas from that pizza store. All right? Once I had the full picture, it changed my perspective. Okay. Let me take your mind now from pizzas to Pictures, from pizzas to pictures. There are times when we have guests in our church. Sometimes the guests are radio listeners, or they are guests from the United States, South America, or from England, or from wherever, many parts of the world. Most of you would not be aware of this, but sometimes after church, before these guests leave, they want to get a picture with Pastor Nick. I know some of you would be surprised. Why? Any of you, anyone would want a picture with me. I know, but that's just the way it is. All right. Most of you who see me every week, you know, you couldn't care less about getting a picture with Pastor Nick. But believe it or not, some guests insist on a picture. Usually, guests. When it's a picture with a family, it's not a problem. Sometimes, however, the person making um, the request or requesting the picture, sometimes the person is a dear single woman of, of various ages, could be any age, and when it's a single woman, I will quickly, I will quickly look around and try to get my wife in the picture or, or anyone else that is nearby. But sometimes, uh, oftentimes, my wife is talking with people, which is what she should be doing. Pastor Lisa is tied up. She's talking with people. And it seems like no one is available or no one wants to get in the picture uh, with me and this guest. Believe me, this happens. Occasionally, the picture is taken and it's just Pastor Nick with this nice lady that he didn't know from Florida, New York, Guyana, England, or wherever. Well, 99.99% of the people, of course, just want the picture as a memento of their visit to Rosewood Church when they were here on vacation or on business. Sometimes, however... I say to myself, and this is what always concerns me, sometimes I say to myself, you know, I I didn't know that person. What if they decide? What if they decide to post that picture on social media and even jokingly say, oh, here, here you see me and my Nazarene pastor boyfriend in Toronto, Canada. Well, the good news is, this hasn't happened that I know of, but it is always a concern. My friends, whether it's pizza or pictures, show mercy. Show mercy by getting the full story before you say or do anything which could hurt someone or could hurt a business or hurt an institution. Amen. Think about it. Is there a situation about which you should get the full story, which uh, which could likely, most likely, help you to show more forgiveness, more kindness, and more love? Right. Okay. Let's move on. To a second truth. Secondly, show mercy. Won't you read it with me from the screen? Show mercy by being patient with a person's peculiar behavioral habits. Peculiar behavioral habits. Now some people would call a peculiar behavioral habit, maybe they would call it a a quirk, Q-U-I-R-K, all right? A quirk, or maybe an idiosyncrasy. Some would call it an oddity, O-D-D-I-T-Y. Here is someone's definition of a quirk, which I found on the internet, by the way. Someone defines quirk as this. A quirk is a unique, odd, and sometimes charming trait that makes a person stand out from the crowd. Country comedian Minnie Pearl was known for her quirk of wearing a $1.98 price tag dangling from her hat. A quirk can be an adorable little habit like Wearing flowery dresses and big sun bonnets or bow ties every day. My little one-year-old grandson, Paxton, little Paxton, has this peculiar or unique behavior or, or quirk where sometimes, sometimes, he'll make a kind of tripod with his head on the ground and his two little legs and feet spread apart. He'll just, he'll just keep that pose for a while and give you a big smile, and then he'll kind of do a somersault. You do a somersault. Uh, it, it definitely isn't something I would do because I would find it uncomfortable, and I never recall, I don't recall our, our own children ever doing this pose, nor do I recall our other grandchildren doing this pose, but here's a picture. Here, here's a picture of Paxton doing his tripod routine, all right? Here's a picture. You'll see it on the screen. All right, that's our little guy. We love him so very much. Paxton Stavropoulos. Now, some quirks are are cute, especially in children. But others can be annoying. And I'm sure you know this. What are some peculiar behavioral habits, quirks, that maybe bother you, or at least bother Quite a few other people. Well, here are some. There's, for example, fidgeting. Fidgeting. F-I-D-G-E-T-I-N-G. Well, wh- what is fidgeting? Well, it, it's making like small movements, especially of the hands or feet, through nervousness or impatience. For instance, even, even as I'm speaking, some of you are... Checking your email on your phones or your text messages, you're checking them. Uh, You already checked two and a half minutes ago, but you have a need to fidget. And so that's what you're doing, right? Uh, you, You didn't know. You didn't know I knew that, did you? And some of you are thinking, who told Pastor Nick that I do this? What are some other unique behavioral habits, quirks? Well, how about nail biting? Nail biting, yeah. Then there's what? Clumsiness. Clumsiness. Clumsiness, of course, is often spilling things or knocking things over again and again. Have you been in stores where the sign says, you break it, you pay for it? I'm sure you have. And that's because store owners know that Some people are clumsy. They're, they're not bad people. You know, if you're clumsy, you're not a bad person. You're just clumsy. Do you know of someone who is clumsy? Uh, you probably do. Don't point to them if they're sitting beside you or near you. All right? Here's another example of a quirk. Always light. Always light. Uh, Most of us have to be very careful about what we say about being late because some of us, myself included, and I was late for an important appointment today, I'm just being honest with you. Um, Some of us, or many of us, are late some of the time or most times. Let's just be honest. Now I know that there are a few of you, not many, there are a few of you, I can honestly say, you are never late. But there are very few. Uh, by the way, on occasion, someone might say to me something like, you know, Pastor, I love our church services, but I wish, I wish we would spend more time singing and worshiping the Lord. This is, of course, when you know, we have regular church and we're able to be in the house of God together as a large group. We haven't been able to do that recently because of the pandemic. But sometimes people will say, oh, I wish you know, we'd spend more time singing and worshiping the Lord. Now, depending who says that to me, my answer oftentimes to that reasonable statement is this. I'll say, my friend, we do have a wonderful time of praise and worship, but unfortunately, you are usually arriving 20 to 25 minutes late for church. And so you're missing it. Oh, come earlier. Uh, This issue of lateness, by the way, is, uh, I've discovered, a universal thing. Years ago, I remember I was at a church in Orlando, Florida, for their main Sunday morning service. The sanctuary could seat about 4,000 people, probably a little more than that. And when the church service started, I was in the very front row. When the church service started, I looked around and I thought, where is everybody? I mean, this is a humongous church. And I thought, where is everybody? The sanctuary was only about 25% filled. Then about 15 minutes into the service, I looked around again and the sanctuary was about 50% filled, 5-0, 50% filled. I looked around about 30 minutes after church started and then I thought, wow, the sanctuary is full, is packed out. I could hardly find or see an empty seat anywhere. Sometimes jokes are made about certain cultures which are often late, but the truth is lateness is, is quite universal. I'm not saying it, <clears throat> I'm not saying that it is right, all right? I'm saying it is reality, and we have to be understanding and patient with each other. And we pastors have to be extra understanding and patient in this department as most pastors would tell you. Well, what's another peculiar behavioral habit? How about when you are talking with a person and you are thinking they are going to be looking at you, but instead they are looking looking to your left or looking to your right or maybe they're looking at the ground, or looking over your head, they're looking at the girls going by, whatever. You've had that experience, right? Well, then um, here's another, another habit. There are some people who constantly interrupt you when you are talking. Do you have some people like that in your life? They constantly interrupt you, When you're talking, you're trying to say something. I'm sure you do. Then there are some people who have the habit. Are you listening now? There are some folks who have the habit of deliberately, deliberately deliberately farting in your presence. That's right. Yeah, they deliberately fart in your presence. Uh, with little children, we sometimes call it tooting, t-o-u-t-i-n-g, and if you want, if you want to give it a sophisticated name, you call it what? You call it flatulence, flatulence. That's right, f-l-a-t-u-l-e-n-c. E, some of you might be learning a new word today. Flatulence is the medical term for releasing gas from the digestive system. It occurs when gas collects inside the digestive system and is a normal process. Uh, If you have times when you experience flatulence, you are very normal. Now most people try hard to go to the washroom to release gas. The problem is some people, some people, children, youth, or adults, some folks are rude and deliberately try to show off, they kind of try to show off their farting expertise, uh, excuse me, uh, their flatulence capabilities, all right? Their flatulence capabilities, all right? Now, don't don't send me any notes with names of people who have a degree in flatulence, all right? Please also know that there are some people who honestly cannot control. They cannot control the timing of their gas release, and we have to be extra patient and understanding. They're not being rude. They, They just can't help it. Furthermore, just be aware that some foods will cause more gas than others. Well, what's another behavioral habit that sometimes bugs a lot of people? Here's another one not washing your hands after going to the bathroom. All right, this is another quirk not washing your hands after going to the bathroom. We should always wash our hands with soap and water after going number one or number two. Especially since COVID-19 became a serious threat to everyone's health in early March of this year, health experts have repeatedly said, wash your hands, wash your hands, Wash your hands, wash your hands to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 and other germs. You would think that everyone has gotten the message, right? You think everyone's gotten the message, especially adults and youth, right? Wrong, wrong. Very recently, I was in a major, large store. I started to tell you the story just right at the beginning of the message. I was in a very large, major store which sells groceries and all kinds of other products here in Toronto. I was in their large washroom washing my hands and I noticed a man who I noticed the man who finished. I'm washing his hands and I just happened to notice this man finish at the urinal. I was minding my own business. I really was. I was minding my own business. But I expected him to walk over to one of the other sinks. There were plenty. I expected him to walk over to one of the other sinks and wash his hands with soap and water what did he do? He did not go to wash his hands. He walked behind me and past me and he was on his way out of the washroom. He was on on his way out. I couldn't believe it. I noticed, I noticed he had a store uniform on which told me He worked there and I thought this guy works here and maybe he works in the food department and he didn't wash his hands. This is terrible. I mean that's what went through my mind. So what do you think I did? I quickly, I quickly turned around from facing the sink and I I said, excuse me my friend, excuse me my friend, but you have to wash your hands. That's right what I said. What happened next? He stopped, turned around, and looked shocked that I said anything to him. I mean, he was really shocked. I also realized that he was much bigger than I was in height and width. He was probably at least six foot four inches tall. He was kind of like Goliath. And so I looked at Goliath and I thought of what I just said. And I thought, what is he going to do? What do you think happened next? Did Goliath punch me out? Did I punch him? Did you you see the newspaper headline? Here it is. Did you see the newspaper headline? Nazarene pastor gets into fight with store employee over employee, not washing his hands. Pastor wins fight. Did you see that newspaper headline? Hmm? I hope you did not see that headline because fortunately, a fight did not happen. A fight did not happen. And some of you are thinking, oh, too bad. Hmm. After I firmly said, excuse me, my friend, but you have to wash your hands, he looked at me shocked. And then I continued to say, Sir, if the store manager saw you not washing your hands, you would be fired. If the health inspector, the health department inspector, saw you not wash your hands, you would be fired. Some of you are probably thinking, Pastor Nick, he must have punched you. To my surprise, and to my joy, the big man, Goliath, said, Are you ready for this? You might have a hard time believing what he said. After what I said to him, he said to me, Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. He said to me, thank you for talking with me some of you are having a hard time believing that that's what he said but that's true he said thank you for talking with me he went over to the sink and washed his hands with soap and water truly i have to commend that dear man because you have to be you have to be a big man to be lovingly corrected and then sincerely say, thank you for talking with me. A few of you might be thinking, Pastor Nick, you were mean to that man. No, no I wasn't. And I hope that most of you would say, Pastor Nick was showing mercy. I was showing mercy. Why? Because I was trying to encourage the man to change his habit, to start washing his hands before the manager learns of his unacceptable habit and probably fires him. I hope that I prevented him from losing his job. I was also showing mercy towards hundreds or thousands of customers who perhaps were buying food products that might have been handled by a man who did not wash his hands after using the bathroom. For the record, I do not know which department he worked in. I'm thinking about maybe in the near future, you know, shopping at that store again and looking for him and just saying, hi, how's the hand washing going? Well, I have mentioned just a few behavioral habits that bother different people at different times. I've mentioned like fidgeting, nail-biting, clumsiness, always light, a person not looking at you when they're talking with with you, um, talked about people who interrupt you, flatulence. People not washing their hands after going to go in the bathroom, and there are, of course, there are of course many other, many other behavioral habits that you could add to this list. I certainly haven't mentioned everything. People have a lot of different peculiar habits, quirks, idiosyncrasies, as we referred to them. All right. So, so what? What are you and I supposed to do? With all these quirks. What are you and I supposed to do? God tells us what to do. That's right. The Lord tells us. In the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, God says to us, here it is. Why don't you read it with me from the the screen? Here it is. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Wow. Read with me as well. Romans chapter 15, verse 7, where God says, Therefore, accept each other, accept each other, just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Wow. Is there someone... Is there someone in your life that you need to start showing more mercy towards? Someone maybe who fidgets, nail bites, is clumsy, always late, doesn't look at you when you're talking with them, interrupts you, farts, excuse me, practices flatulence, doesn't wash their hands, or has some other weird behavioral issue. My friend, the Lord says to you and me, he says, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. That's mercy. That's a part of mercy. Jesus showed the ultimate mercy for you and me on the cross of Calvary when he died to pay the price for your sins and mine. Surely, you and I can show some mercy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would enable each one of us, help each one of us to show mercy in very practical ways, in very practical situations, in our own families, with friends, with people in the church, folks at work, neighbors, people in the store, wherever we find ourselves. Oh Lord, it is so easy, it is so easy to to not show mercy. And we pray that you would help each one of us to show the mercy that you showed us when you came to earth and died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for our sins so that we can be forgiven. We have received your undeserved forgiveness and undeserved love. Help each one of us to show show an abundance of forgiveness and love and patience and kindness and goodness to those who perhaps haven't earned it, who maybe don't deserve it in our mind, but... You have said in your holy Bible, show patience and understanding and show mercy, of an abundance of mercy. Let it happen, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.